0: welcome to in the cockpit
1: it's the 12th you know what that means it means we didn't have to watch anything
0: but we have we've watched a lot of things content has been pouring into our souls yeah but we
1: didn't have to that's the important part
0: for instance i kind of put a pause on doctor who which i said i'd probably have finished by this point
1: i don't he's a liar never trust him
0: (laughs) never trust me to finish a show are you insane (laughs) <laughs> All right, anyways i'm josh that's justice so we got the names in there for everybody hello if you haven't been listening before you're listening now we're co-pilots this is our interstitial content where we just talk about what we've been interacting with and consuming over
1: the last month i mean we don't always talk about the things we've been consuming or interacting with sometimes it's just the things we're thinking about it's whatever we want it to be it's interstitial
0: content and it doesn't have to follow the rules
1: Because there are no rules.
0: But like I said, I said I'd probably have Doctor Who done by this time, this month. And I think if I had kept on the pace that I was going on, I would have,
1: like, blown through it. Oh, yeah, probably. But you burned yourself out on the show. Like, you've done every time in the past when you've gone to watch Doctor Who. It's just too
0: long. There is
1: too much. And your memory's so bad, you have to start over from the beginning every time.
0: I think right now I could just start from, like, the second Peter Capaldi season and be okay.
1: Surprising. Yeah. Give it about a month and you'd feel like you need to start the entire thing over because you wouldn't remember nothing.
0: Oh, man. Buffy is the worst for me. (laughs) It's like my, um, it's my White Will. Buffy is my White Will. I need to finish it so badly. I love it. It's one of my favorite shows. But by about the time that Willow becomes evil, I stop caring about the show every time. Yeah. If I can get through season two, that is. Seasons one and two, a little slow.
1: Yeah, I'll agree with that. Though season two does have the best episode.
0: Yeah, season two is great. It's just getting to season two is the rough part. Season one has some bad episodes.
1: (laughs) True. Bug
0: Lady, Robot Demon. (laughs) The Robot Demon episode does actually introduce one of my favorite characters, though, which is the Cyber Wiccan, the computer teacher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love her. She's so good. But having put Doctor Who on hiatus, I started
1: Lost. He did. He started Lost. Yay.
0: Okay, so there are shows that are often regarded as, like, staples or, like, genre-defining, even. Yeah. And Lost gets bandied about as this really important show, despite the fact that everybody talks about how bad its ending is.
1: That's true, yeah.
0: It's kind of like Game of Thrones of Game of Thrones ending hadn't been, like, literally the worst thing in the history of television.
1: I mean, probably not the worst thing in the history of television there is I that... Mean,
0: there is a sitcom with Hitler. I was
1: literally about to mention it, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, one of the worst things in history, yeah, definitely, probably the most disappointing thing in television history, and somehow Lost Re- didn't like, do that. Yeah, yeah. So, I was gonna say created for television content. Yeah, on television. Enough. There's huh. probably been disappointing like news. There has been. I know this.
0: Yeah, so I started Lost because I want to like eventually backtrack my way through all these shows that people talk about how great they are, including MASH. God, M- MASH.
1: M- M- is fantastic. I've watched almost all of MASH already before.
0: There's something like 300 episodes of MASH. Yep. I've seen a good majority of it. I've never seen the finale.
1: Oh, the finale finale's fantastic.
0: It's like an hour and a half, two hours and a half.
1: Something like that, yeah.
0: But watching Lost, first season's actually fucking goaded. I started it not expecting it to be that great despite how great people talk about it. For some reason, Lost never like me as a show that was great like i've seen trailers and stuff for it and like yeah that looks okay season one's
1: good this yeah, is legitimately good
0: i'm now about a quarter way through season two and it feels
1: like it doesn't know what it's doing at all
0: cobbled together Mm -hmm. that's my best way to put it it feels like they didn't know what they were doing with the show and that they were like handing scripts to actors before they like filmed it yeah which it tightens
1: up a bit by the end of season two but it has issues here and there definitely noticeable i
0: really do like the actor playing john locke very good actor i can see how he won awards for his role yeah i'm growing to really like sawyer mm-hmm. his character started off as a person i was okay with just hating
1: yeah which was you know kind of the point of his character
0: yeah also i'm coming around on Jin. i did not like him but season two is like mm-hmm. filling his backstory out in a way yeah that, like, making
1: Jin a lot better yeah from the small bits i know about the show apparently like Jin's actor talked to productions about stuff because he didn't like the way he was coming across as an asian stereotype yeah him and son both had, they both had conversations conflict, yeah. with the creative crew which are like hey you're making us very stereotypical and we don't want that that's a bad portrayal
0: well apparently jen and son's story was like pretty well laid out before getting into season two because i remember yeah
1: uh, apparently they talked to them about it like during season one
0: yeah and they're like we're going places with it i promise you it's not like
1: we're just starting from this point that people will be like oh okay and be able to enter on the ground level Mm -hmm.
0: and i'm starting to like jen starting to like sawyer the main character jack and kate not a fan of either of them
1: not really hurley's great my charlie's great two of my favorites from lost having made it like a season deeper than you are, are Saeed and Hurley.
0: Saeed like runs the gamut from where sometimes I'm like, yeah, love Saeed. And sometimes I'm like, man, Saeed is a terrible person.
1: Yes, he's a terrible person, but he's still a good character. The, every time he's a terrible person, he's still a good character. So I enjoy his character in the show. Yeah. But yeah, so That's but not necessarily you, true for other people.
0: Enjoying Lost, being a quarter way through season two means I'm like 20% of the way through the show.
1: Roughly, yes, yeah, I guess, by season distribution.
0: I wonder if I'll finish it. You see, here's the thing. Here's the thing. You could tell me. You, the audience, or you, Justice, or you, any of my friends, could tell me to watch a show. And I might start it, but it's unlikely I'll ever actually, like, give it a solid go. It's not because I don't trust your guys' opinions. If you tell me enough, I'll eventually, like, go out of my way to watch it. But something about watching shows people recommend to me, just... Something in my brain.
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of people that say stuff like that. So, I mean, I understand that, I guess.
0: I, I think what it is, especially when it's like friends recommending it, there's a social pressure not just to watch the
1: show. People. But to also enjoy the show as you watch it.
0: Yeah, and I don't want that social pressure. Like, I don't want to watch Vampire Diaries and have to like it. I want to watch Vampire Diaries and be able to shit on it and rip it apart.
1: I mean, that's the entire reason to watch it, in my opinion.
0: But I'm watching Lost because a creator I follow on YouTube, Billiam, um, he doesn't need the shout-out from us, but... He does great content, so... Has made, Is working on a multi-part series about Lost, I really want to watch his videos. two
1: multi-hour-long parts done, and is working on a third one.
0: I watched the first part, because it's just about season one.
1: Great. it's how I got the backstory about Jin and Son and stuff. I mean, and it gets to season two, kind of.
0: It touches season two, but it's actually... Yeah. But that's why I'm watching Lost, because I want to watch this content. It's just this like of, in order to consume this, I have to consume this first.
1: You want to be able to understand it entirely, even though the video is about explaining Lost yeah, as but, well.
0: See, I don't want, because he's going super in-depth on it, I don't want to, like, yeah. have his opinions in my head when I'm, when no, I'm I, watching it. No, I get it. you, I do. And I've always planned on watching Lost at some point, so... Yeah, I understand, I guess. I don't want his opinions corrupting my beliefs because I heard them first. Yeah, It's valid, I guess. Yeah. That, yeah, I haven't been watching Doctor Who. I did binge The Only Murders in the Building, though. I think we reviewed that. We did review that.
1: We reviewed it quite a while ago, but we we finally finished watching all of it.
0: Binge the fuck out of it. It has two seasons now. Yeah. Both seasons are very good. Season one's ending's a little tropey. What?
1: No. From but- the show that relies on a lot of tropes, but calls them out and makes fun of them to make it meta. Lampshading doesn't make it good, but
0: how's how the show's
1: still very good? But the good. show's still good.
0: Yeah. Lampshading does not make it good, but you can still lampshade and be good.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: That was episode 55 of Copilot. So that was August this year, not, not that long ago.
1: Ah, it could have just much longer ago.
0: Yeah, we, we reviewed it in August uh that episode went up late because i was sick with covid
1: oh yeah yeah that was this august yep terrifying (laughs) time is weird
0: but yeah we finished only murders in the building i finished the the show we just reviewed uh fuck my brain um i'm not okay with this i'm not okay with this yeah um that's good but i hate
1: it i hate it with a passion (laughs) yeah It,
0: it ends on such a cliffhanger
1: and there's no second season.
0: If you have It cost
1: too much money to produce during quarantine. So, you know, Netflix cut it.
0: If you haven't watched I'm Not Okay With This Yet, the episode did just come out 10 days ago. Very good show. We really enjoyed it for the review. Enough that I went back and binged it all like a couple days later. And it's great how to explain it without spoilers. Yeah, it, it's just they, they, they were setting up for a season two. Yep. And they had a solid setup. And then they just got canceled because of a pandemic.
1: Yeah, yeah, very much so.
0: Part of me hopes that, like, these shows that got canceled because of the pandemic, like, will eventually get picked back up again because I get canceling them during the pandemic.
1: Yeah, pushing production would make sense.
0: Yeah, they should have just pushed production, but.
1: But pushing production generally, I think, comes with having to pay people a small amount of money. Ah. Like, if you don't officially cancel it, but you push your production, I think you're, you have to pay them because you're like, hey, we still have a job for you and we need you to be ready to do the job, which is a very tenuous space to be in in Hollywood, I assume. Actually, I i know that part's true but i'm not sure if you do get paid during a push production but i, th- I think you do i think you pay like a fraction of your wage that makes
0: sense wrong. it's just upsetting that like covid cuts cost so many shows to get canceled i know it's such a tiny thing to play but like Oh, COVID, canceled TV shows. Yeah, that's a little, it's a little, um...
1: It's fine, it's only like 650,000 dead in the US alone.
0: Yeah, like, that's my point. That's my point. It's, like, shows being canceled, not really that big a deal when compared to the loss of human life. Yeah. That said, for all the humans that are still alive, we could do it on some shows.
1: I'd agree with that. You know what else I would like, though? If um, companies weren't purchased during LBLs and they're taking on massive debt, so I have to do layoffs and or, you know, cut productions and call them like just a giant waste of money and effectively make them unlicensable by that production company for, I don't know, 10-ish years.
0: I know what you're talking about, but I don't remember what you're talking about. <laughs>
1: All of HBO. Everything HBO has been doing.
0: Oh, yes. That's right. Gravity Train specifically. That's...
1: Gravity Train upsets me. And it's not Gravity Train, by the way. It's Infinity Train. But I I appreciate your attempt.
0: Memory. Non-existent.
1: But you know, Infinity Train and also just like all the other shit they've done is also sucks.
0: You know the Batwoman movie we were supposed to get, right? Yep. They, were, You know they were picking between, between doing a Batwoman movie and another movie? What? Batman Beyond.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I didn't know that. Fuck.
0: And they went with Batwoman and they finished filming it and it's ready for release. And then they just pulled the plug on it.
1: Yeah, it's because they can claim a larger loss on it if they finish the film entirely.
0: <sighs> I get it. They're cooking their books because of the Warner merger, but...
1: Yeah, which I don't actually think HBO's was a LBO. Uh, I don't think it was a leverage buyout, but like still not great
0: yeah you know what was great though ring of honor final battle 2022 look i'm not gonna pretend that i'm a ring of honor mark but i was a wcw mark wwe mark missed the entire ring of honor train i didn't know what independent wrestling was really
1: what a loser
0: yeah i saw some local shows when i was a kid but like
1: (laughs) not ring of honor
0: not like not ring of honor yeah but ring of honor had a pay-per-view a couple days ago yeah and i'm not gonna pretend like i know who all these people were or that i'm invested in all these people because eli isom no i don't know who he is he was teaming with cheeseburger though i know cheeseburger saw him when he was wrestling in new japan loved cheeseburger when he was wrestling in new japan or like Blake sadly he it
1: comes off cheese that was taken
0: but like the card was legit it, the main event was chris jericho versus claudio yeah for WWE fans that would be cesaro and match was so good winning with the giant swing as a submission maneuver yeah so good never done before it's never happened before in the history of like professional wrestling as far as anybody can tell
1: okay such it's a nice I like, guess
0: it was a good moment especially with the stakes Cesaro losing having to join the Jer- jericho
1: appreciation society yeah
0: like i actually honestly thought that's where things were heading because it made sense with the black combat couple falling apart and like yeah glad they didn't go there Will Utah Daniel Garcia for the Pure Championship match. Not a lot to say about this. Uta mm-hmm. won, which is great. Okay, but more importantly, both of these two are like the future of wrestling. They're like they're like twenty four, twenty five years old. They've got fifteen plus years in them. They're just gonna keep putting on bangers. These guys are. uh But the, the match I really want to talk about.
1: Okay, continue, proceed, go forth. FTR. Oh, uh, yes, okay
0: versus the Briscoe brothers in a double dog collar match for the Ring of Honor championships. Now, I'm gonna be up front. I'm really upset that FTR lost.
1: Yeah, because FTR had three tag team belts and you wanted them to have and all they four were, that they are capable they of. They were of the beginning. number one
0: contender for the AEW Bills from like February till like literally last month, and they never pulled the trigger to put the belts on them. Yeah, because they
1: wanna put all four belts on one tag team. That would've been so
0: good. They had the AAA, they had the NJPW, they had the Ring of Honor. Give them the AEWs, even if it's only for a couple of months. Nah. Stack them up, put the belts on the boys. <sighs> but they lost to the Riscos. This was the rubber band match for them. Their third match in or in a year because their first match was last year at Final Battle. Yeah. This thing was fucking brutal. So much blood everywhere. Like, there was blood pulling on the floor outside the ring, which is wild. I think Jay Briscoe cut a little too deep.
1: Nah, that happens sometimes.
0: But match was fucking legit. It was very good. All the spots were good. I love FTR. Everything they do, I love. Yeah. I missed the last two matches with the Briscoes because I haven't watched a Ring of Honor pay-per-view in the history of ever. Okay. I only watched this one because I had some credits on Fight TV. So I was like, spend my fake money to watch real wrestling. But yeah, I probably need to go back and watch the other Briscoe's FTR matches because they're so good together. They have chemistry. They're so good. But yeah, that's what I want to talk about in wrestling. Very great show. Super excited.
1: Cool. I mean, though, arguably you spent fake money to watch fake fighting, yeah?
0: Fake fighting. Real wrestling.
1: Yeah, but you spent fake money to watch fake fighting. I spent no money to watch real fighting.
0: To be fair, some of those weren't fights. It's
1: true we are particularly talking about ludwig's mogul moves chess boxing which if you don't know weird you probably should if you're on the internet like it's massive
0: so over the last two three years specifically celebrity or influencer boxing has become a very big cash cow but influencer boxing has blown up thanks primarily to logan and jake paul not that Boo. i want to thank them for anything ever except for putting on hell of good matches logan paul I hate you as a human being, but goddamn do you wrestle well. But yeah, thanks to them, influencer boxing's blown up, and chess boxing, I would never say it blew up, but like this was the blow up moment for chess boxing. Chess boxing is this wild thing
1: that has been around since 2003, and it is you play chess and you box. You don't do them at the same time. You do a round of boxing, a round of chess, a round of boxing, so on and so forth. And you either win by boxing or you win by chess.
0: And the way it pans out is. Across nine rounds, five rounds of chess, four rounds of boxing, with a time on the clock, two minutes per round for chess
1: in traditional chess boxing,
0: two minutes per round for boxing. This is traditional chess boxing rules. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. That's what I was saying.
0: And you have a time clock with I think fifteen minutes on it for professional chess. I don't know. Maybe ten minutes. Uh, let's see. It's five rounds, two, 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 two. So probably ten minutes on the clock. I don't know, man. And in between the rounds, you box, like you said, which doesn't sound like it would actually like change a lot for boxing. I mean, for chess, like, first time I heard about chess box, it was like, this feels like two independent games that have no actual influence oh, on the outcome.
1: I, I did not, because I have taken massive blows to the head before, and then be like, man, it's really fucking hard to think right now.
0: Yeah, I mean, I've been hit in the head too, like, I'm not gonna...
1: Yeah, and I was able to extrapolate from past personal experience, be like, yeah, that would make chess harder. That
0: They have time between the rounds, though.
1: Not a lot, and you are still reeling from being hit a bunch by people who've been trained to hit very, very hard.
0: So I think really the thing that factors into chess boxing isn't the fact that you're getting hit in the head. You're also tired. Yeah, it's it's getting the winded. It's having your heart rate elevated. It's like, I, I think it's less than like his fist makes him dumb. Like, I think it's a little less than that. And a little more playing chess under cardio pressure is not something people are used to. Yeah. And going from like fighting to an intellectual thing is it shifting in your brain and mm-hmm. your brain doesn't do that very well. Yeah. But anyways, Mogul Moves Chess Boxing, which was yes. seven rounds instead of nine because amateur chess boxing with amateur boxing rules and amateur chess rules
1: yes but to start off the event they did smash boxing which was a creation of ludwig's own design apparently which was just a, a. fictional
0: sport that is now real
1: which was sub out the chess rounds for games of smash brothers four stocks general smash tournament rules and you could win by the preferred person to get three wins in games of smash or by boxing tkos knockouts all that
0: and if across the four rounds of smash and the three rounds of boxing there was no tko knockout you went to the
1: judges for decision
0: three wins in smash you go to decision by boxing
1: yeah so our first smash boxers were Toussaint and spud i don't know who either of these people are i recognize the name Toussaint. i don't pay attention to most esports so I just know the names that I've vaguely heard in the background. I've heard Two Saint's name. That's as much as I do. But Toussaint defeated Spud via T K O in the second round. So this they was, played a game of Smash. This and was, they had one random box. This
0: was Puff versus Marsh, Marth, right? Spud was on Jigglypuff yeah, 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 yeah. and Toussaint was on Marth.
1: Uh, I think it's the other way around, because I think Spud took it in Smash, and then Toussaint won with the boxing.
0: Yes, that's probably right.
1: Yeah, Yeah, that sounds right. And honestly, the boxing was a very quick match. Uh, Toussaint just, Spud couldn't keep his guard up, and Toussaint was ready to go at it.
0: Seeing Toussaint only had, like, six weeks of training for this was fucking ridiculous. Like, some of these people in this event
1: got good
0: at boxing fast. Toussaint wasn't the most impressive boxer we saw out of this. No, no. But it was an impressive event all, all said and done. Round two was
1: our only other Smashbox event and it was KJH versus fiction, and this was Fox versus Falco. Yes. And apparently these two have been friends for a very long time and had joked about fighting, so they were quite happy to legitimately fight each other.
0: And Falco dominated Smash, and that was fiction was playing falco yeah yeah
1: so the thing about the smash boxing is while they were playing they were still wearing their wraps from boxing so their fingers didn't have great movement which according to some of the commentators might be part of the reason why kjh was playing more poorly because apparently out of the two fox has more actions per minute so you have to push the buttons more basically and it cares a bit more about the speed of what you're playing than falco does this
0: match like, okay so neither of us are really into pro smash like watching pro smash yeah but this match was high highly impressive on a smash tank like some of the recoveries and shit
1: yeah i don't watch professional basically anything but i don't mind sitting down and watching basically a priority to anything do what they do i won't go out of my way to do it but watching it i'm always just like it's nice to see people perform at an exponential skill level because they've put in a hard hard work for that skill
0: but not only was fiction like Dominating and smash for the first forty five seconds of the first round of boxing, fiction was getting toasted.
1: Yeah, yeah. But
0: KJH fucking gassed himself so hard and in those last forty five seconds of round one, and then the minute thirteen round two fiction was dominant yeah so even if fiction hadn't won by smash he was gonna win by boxing
1: yeah and so like we said fiction then proceeded to defeat kjh by a melee in the fifth round
0: yeah third round of smash
1: yeah and kjh was just fucking wiped man i I think
0: kjh may have took less than five stocks off of him across the three rounds of smash
1: Ah, uh, I think maybe like six, but yeah, that sounds about right. But that's the, oh, the smash boxing cleared up, and we start in on chess boxing with one of my most anticipated matches of the evening.
0: Honestly, there was two people I was watching this entire event for, and that was in this first round of chess boxing. Stands,
1: stands,
0: because one of our friends uh, is Right of the show who's been on twice now, three times, twice, two or three times. Yeah, yeah, pants. Um, is, is the head of production for stands. He, yeah. he does the editing, he does content production, like
1: and he's done some really great videos recently leading up to the chess boxing with stands, and they've been joys to watch. And it's just I started watching stands mainly because hey, my friend Kanth is editing for him. I'm gonna support the man. Because and, can't stop streaming and we gotta yeah, get her. And Kampf I gotta fix. get Kanth's content in some form somehow. And I do like his editing style, which is, you know, probably why he got the job editing makes sense. And then I was like, man, you know what? I think I like stands too. Stans is is pretty cool he's pretty
0: funny i think like i'm not a big stance frog but i was a huge fan of his knockoff of taskmaster Okay, which is yeah, honestly yeah. one of the best British game shows ever made. Task Manager was fantastic. You're not wrong. And that was what made me like Stans content. And that was before Kents actually
1: like started... It was roughly about the time that he became yeah, an editor. He, he became
0: Stance's editor during Task Manager. Yeah. Or I think right before, right after, something like it's that.
1: Somewhere, like, right around there. So, the first match of basketball chess boxing was BoxBox Box versus Stans. Apparently, BoxBox Box is a well-known League of Legends player and Teamfight Tactics player, which... I'll be honest, every time someone says TFT, my brain still goes to Team Fortress 2, so...
0: Same, actually. I Like, when I'm reading about something and it says TFT, I'm like, oh yeah, Team Fortress 2. Except Team Fortress 2 is now stylized TF2.
1: Yeah, which it wasn't before, so fuck you, Team Fight Tactics. No, I completely understand that. So anyways, BoxBox versus Stands for the first actual round of chess boxing. And honestly...
0: BoxBox is rated over 400 points higher than Stands in chess. But Stands was fucking delicious.
1: Livering on chess like stans
0: dominating dominating the board yeah. just straight up dominating
1: he was doing fantastic on the board we went to the first round of boxing and
0: they were much closer match in boxing than i expected like having kept up with stans and his training i honestly expected stans to kind of blow box box out box box was in it yeah dude can box apparently yeah.
1: unfortunately though this match did go to box box because Stans.
0: It was in the second round of boxing, right?
1: Yeah, I believe so. Yeah. Because Stans apparently had been having trouble with his shoulder before this, and it was occasionally slipping out of sock and dislocating, and it did dislocate during the match.
0: Which is the worst way for it to end. He was winning on board and in ring. Like
1: In ring was a lot closer, I think. It was a lot closer in ring. Especially in that second round. And then his shoulder just fucked up on him. Which it's sad that he lost that way, but he did a fantastic job on board and in the ring.
0: Yep. It was really cool to see this event. Going into round two was people I don't know. Going into round oh, two was the
1: other fight that I was looking forward That's to. right. It was Abroad in Japan and Overt Flow.
0: A last minute substitution. Overt Flow wasn't originally scheduled for the contest or the show. So.
1: And so Abroad in Japan, if you don't know, which is fairly popular on YouTube, but maybe just not your niche, is a YouTuber. He, travel he's, blogger. He's a British man who now lives in Japan. Moved there like 10-ish years ago, a little over, to teach English, and then just started doing YouTube. And is now a full-time YouTuber. Does a lot of travel stuff, interviews people. Like It's a really cool channel. Great editing on that as well. Travel
0: blogging lifestyle yeah Japanese travel blog and lifestyle
1: with some of the best editing I've seen on YouTube channels in my opinion yeah because plus, they're literally just shot like at like television
0: plus he's actually friends with some of my favorite like YouTube content producers the anime man Joey and C- C-Dog VA
1: also Gigok. Giguk's good too
0: I said some of my favorite YouTube content producers I said what I said yeah
1: but we have Chris Broad from Abroad in Japan going against Overflow, who I don't know.
0: Yeah. Overflow had, I don't remember how long to prepare for this. It wasn't near as long as a, as Chris
1: did. But Overflow is also a practiced jujitsu fighter.
0: Yeah. Which, that comes up in this match a little bit. In a way, it shouldn't. Because mm-hmm. honest to God, Chris was advantaged in chest.
1: Yes. So each person had like a little pre-fight interview that they did a few days before, and then they aired before the fight. Apparently, Chris had been focusing on his boxing because his original opponent, he was fairly certain, would beat him on board, so he was going to beat him in the ring. And then his opponent got injured, and his replacement, Overt flow, Chris was fairly certain would beat him in the ring, and he would have to beat him on the board, so he was a bit unprepared.
0: That said, Chris had made it a goal this year to be the best year for fitness for him and so he's been working on his fitness all year long
1: he fucking cycled japan ridiculous like not horizontally but vertically though the way that makes japan difficult to cycle i I think
0: cycling across japan horizontally or equilaterally
1: would be like a a short day trip no it would still be hard depending on where you picked because japan is just like mountains in the middle of it but yeah north to south uh, and, which is really fucking good for cardio, which is a very important to boxing. And he also trained with Nicholas Pettis, a, like, great kickboxer. And he trained with him in general for boxing, but also to participate in a Spartan race. Which, if you don't know, they're fucking crazy. Look one up on YouTube. But,
0: unfortunately, Overt Flow, Chris was giving up a couple inches in height. Quite a three, few inches on three reach. Three or four inches in reach. Yeah. And I think he was even giving up some weight on Overt.
1: I think. Maybe a tiny bit.
0: And all of that combined with Overflow's training in grapple-based martial arts led to this being a very hard fight for yeah. Chris in the ring.
1: Honestly, he, Chris had some really good hits in there, but because, Overt's oh, just practice. He fucking tanks hits. Overt was abusing his reach, which is exactly what you should do. That's what though. you do. You do yeah. that all the fucking time.
0: He, he he had a longer reach. He was abusing his reach. But anytime Chris would get in underneath his guard, he would immediately grapple up.
1: He would he would clinch up, which clinching is allowed in boxing. And in a higher level of the sport, you're more likely to see your ref instead of breaking up the clinch basically telling you, well, fucking punch out of it which is good generally for the smaller guy who's in there inside the rage and going at it which would be chris but because it's amateur Amateur boxing boxing. basically anytime someone clinched up you break it up and you start over again which means anytime chris managed to get in there all overflow has to do is clinch it up
0: and then then he's back at advantage yeah so chris did end up winning on the clock In chess. Yeah,
1: they were the first to go the full seven rounds, and honestly, the boxing and the chess was not as great. But the boxing and the chess were both good overall, and I was honestly surprised by everything I saw in the ring.
0: Yeah, it was honestly a lot of these influencers, a lot of these streamers surprised me at how good of boxers they are.
1: Especially this next one.
0: I don't know who either of these people are Hugs and Toph. I know nothing about Toph. Toph. It's spelled Toph.
1: Yeah, the most I know about Hugs is from literally watching the Stan's YouTube videos where I know Hugs or Hugo. Uh, trained with the same trainer as stands, was stands as sparring partner, and then this event let me know that hey, Hugo was a last minute subbing. He's been training for a little less than a month.
0: I think they said he threw his f- or
1: threw his first punch November seventh, I believe, his first boxing punch.
0: Yep, dude, um, fucking killed it. He was he was a fucking machine. I don't remember how many rounds this went. You probably have the stats. First up.
1: round in boxing.
0: First round in boxing.
1: He won by TKO. The ref stopped it like.
0: He, like Hugo fucking killed here dude Like The dude had insane form His movement was good And tof just was not ready Fuck dude This is insanely impressive But that match was pretty short And took us into Lawrence versus Amon
1: So Amon is a grandmaster chess player And Lawrence is an international master
0: Yeah so in chess boxing That makes them both pretty equal In yeah. long form chess Obviously Amon has the advantage as a grandmaster But when you got five minutes on the clock And you're getting your head smashed in every other round That kind of goes out the way Nintendo. That said, nobody expected this match to go the way it did. Lawrence looks like a boxer. He's got the build. He's put in the work. And he's definitely been training the boxing portion. I assume they both were, like, focused on boxing training. Because yeah. they both know that they're both very good at chess.
1: Though, honestly, it was surprising to see Lawrence Trent lose this. No offense as quickly as he did. Because Lawrence Trent is part of an actual chess boxing club.
0: Yeah. In Berlin, he, he's, one of the, he's part of the original chess boxing club. Yeah. that's That founded itself in 2005.
1: But... And- let's be clear here. It's not because Lawrence wasn't good. It's because Amon put in so much fucking work. Like this man was just fucking Grow in power.
0: So the if you if you check Reddit or Twitter, there are people who think this match was called too soon. But I all I have to do is say, go back and watch the vod on
1: Ludwig's channel, and specifically watch them replay why they made the call. Because you see Lawrence take like, these three heavy hits very quickly after one so another.
0: Before that, before Amon got his first knockdown, uh, uh, yep. about twenty seconds before the match was called. Yes, he got a knockdown. He got the eight count. Lawrence stood back up. Yeah, they went back at it.
1: Amon, like you said, hits his, his flurry of, like, three blows all to Lawrence's head, and you see Lawrence stumble out, and he is stumbling on his feet. He does not have his bearing under his feet. His gloves are dipping, and that, for a ref, is generally a sign of, hey, this guy might be concussed. It's time to call the match. So the ref fucking called it in favor the, of... The,
0: the best theory I've seen online, because after the match,
1: Lawrence was very
0: salty. Like, he had a bit of time on the mic. He was very
1: like... salty, and he was very coherent.
0: Yeah, but I, the, my best theory that I've seen on Reddit's was he got hit so hard that the motherfucker blacked out for himself. It's
1: entirely possible. He doesn't
0: remember stumbling. He doesn't remember almost falling on his face again. Yeah. He's like, why'd you call it? I was good. He wasn't good. The motherfucker was done. He got toasted. Yes. Now,
1: up next is the most controversial of all the fights. this isn't
0: controversial. Everybody agrees.
1: Yes. By controversial, I mean the most against the ruling of the match. Everybody agrees. The ref fucked up. Yeah. The next match is Dina Blancaya. I might be saying that last name wrong. I'm probably saying that last name wrong versus Andrea Botez
0: which andrea botez is famous as one of the two botez sisters they're famous like fitness t- twitch streamers
1: i'm unaware of who either of these people are
0: when logic and cans were down for the wedding yeah uh, in the states for the wedding Kance and logic and all of us were talking about the botez twins something was going on on twitter with no oh, i didn't or tiktok twitch with them i vaguely
1: remember a conversation in my brain at that time was like i have no idea who these people are <laughs> That's, Look, the that's people, when I was introduced to them. The people I've most recognized out of all of this, because the matches I was looking forward to, was the one that we just talked about with chess players. I have a very specific thing, Ari, I know, and it's weird. Okay?
0: But this match, with the full seven rounds...
1: Yes, and... It should and, have
0: ended in the last round of boxing.
1: Yeah. Andrea Botez was dominating boxing the entire time. She had a knockdown, a,
0: a technical knock knockdown on Dina in round one.
1: I it was round one. It was round one. Okay. And Dina was controlling the board yeah for the most part but it was just a slow roll andrea was putting up a good fight on the board but dina was not putting up a good fight in the ring she was surviving yeah and dina ends up winning because she wins in chess in the final round of boxing the part that a lot of people have issues with
0: so going into the final round of boxing andrea is two moves from check
1: yes and andrea needs to win in this round which means she needs to get three technical knockouts or just a full-blown knockout
0: so within the first 30 seconds of the match first knockdown well, yes technical
1: technical knockout. first
0: stoppage for tech yes for technical. stoppage then we get another stoppage at like
1: a little 20, under a minute.
0: 28 seconds i think is when the second stoppage happens 30
1: ish somewhere around there yeah
0: so we got 20 seconds left on the clock for her to get her last stoppage
1: and within the last five seconds we get a third stoppage but there's not enough time for the ref to count the full eight to count stoppage
0: oh. now here's the crazy part you say the last five seconds the ref pulled him apart with nine seconds on the clock yes and turned to face dina but didn't start the count until there was five seconds on the clock yeah he wasted three seconds just checking on dina like who was leaning against the ropes yes but It doesn't matter because in boxing, even in amateur boxing, unless there's specifically a rule on on the card that you can be saved by the bill, you can't be saved by
1: the bill. So as soon as he declares the third stoppage, there's no reason to count. You've stopped it because that person's, in your opinion, unable to continue from here on out. Well, that's the third stoppage in a match in the round, which means it's over anyways. You don't need to count it.
0: Yep. So Andrea should have won. But he pulled them apart, and they stayed apart for the last roughly 10 seconds of the match because the ref was not doing his job correctly. Which takes us back to the board, where Andrea was two moves from check, so Dino wins. Yes.
1: I mean, apparently, another thing I've seen on the internet is that the ref, like, waved as if to call the match, and no one did anything, so he kind of just stood there confused for a moment, and that's why he started counting late, because he did make, like, a hand gesture, which... People say he, he waved to call the match and no one rang the fucking bell. So he was comfortable to do. So he then started an account. So it's either purely on the ref or the other argument is it's it's,
0: on, the, on the on the timekeeper in the bell. It's on
1: the timekeeper in the bell or kind of just, you know, the side of production, which let's face it, Ludwig's productions have had a few issues in the past with some organization.
0: The simple fact here is Andrea should have won. This is the yes. only match where I, I feel like somebody legitimately got cheated. Yeah. Lawrence thinks he was cheated because it was called in the first round of boxing.
1: Do I feel emotionally cheated that Stans had a quit did injury? Yeah. But is it perfectly reasonable and understandable? Absolutely. Boxbox was a good opponent still.
0: And Lawrence feels like he was cheated, but motherfucker got knocked. In this case, it was just straight up Andrea won this match. It was the best, like, boxing rounds. Round one and two of boxing were the best rounds of boxing in in the entire event, in my opinion. Round three was less good because Dina spent the entire time running away, which is... Against boxing rules. She turned her back and literally ran several times. The ref should have stopped her there. And,
1: and I mean, arguably, I think the Amon and Lawrence match was also really good boxing. It was just really quick boxing, but it was very good. They were both technically amazing and technically great. Also, Hugo was very, very good. I think Tough just had a bad match up there, basically.
0: Next up was a chess boxing match that was just a boxing match. Yes, with which chess they were on both the side.
1: Which they were uh, both also doing well here boxing.
0: Yeah, Churley's versus Myth. Churley's apparently has one previous boxing match and another celebrity boxing event
1: where he, he was knocked out within like i think they said like 40 seconds 34
0: seconds is when he was knocked yeah. out
1: and then myth who i recognize by name and i think i've seen him vaguely and other stuff i don't i don't entirely i have enough. no idea
0: but uh, the, the thing here is they both went in not really respecting the chess game both looking to, to like win this in the ring
1: they combined still had a lower score than anyone else on the cards well
0: the, the thing is if you start a chess.com account your rating starts at like 700
1: and they together have like 600
0: yeah the game ended up being decided by chess
1: by time on chess and Trudley's lost by time yeah but in the ring during the box they were both well contested they were both doing very well and honestly i think it was probably one of the biggest turnabouts on the crowd because the crowd very much thought myth was just going to win dominate they thought myth was going to dominate the i think game. partially is because Trudley's played it all very comedic and also he made it acutely aware and we were made acutely aware by commentating that hey Trudley's has fought before and he took a knockout in 34 seconds
0: I think really for this, the entire match was really just about Chirdley proving that he could go multiple go rounds.
1: Go all the rounds that they had for the boxing, yeah. Yeah,
0: because like we said, 34 seconds. and
1: Honestly, I can prove that he's been working at it and like, congrats to the guy. And then we have our final chess boxing match. The disguised toast event. yes disguised toast versus point crow i know who both these people are that's surprising for me
0: i know I, I know both the names but i've i had i'd never seen point crow's face until this
1: moment i hadn't seen point crow's face until like a week or so ago when i found his uh, irl mario party thing on on youtube and was like that'll make good background noise oh, yeah you did watch that so yeah.
0: going into this match I think the consensus was this one would be decided either in the ring, in Point Crow's favor, or it would be decided on the board in Toast's favor. Ah, uh, yeah, I guess. Like, that's how people, like, I think that's how it looked like going into the match from the outside.
1: Yeah, I guess. I mean, I don't really know a lot about either of them. I do know Disguise Toast was the favorite, like, the crowd favorite, not necessarily favorite to win the overall. Mm-hmm. And honestly, again, they were fairly all matched up in the ring. Point Crow was controlling it at the beginning in the boxing, but Toast managed to come back and, like, make of valid defense and honestly start to also take control and probably about halfway through the second round and third uh making the second round of boxing very unclear who would win in a decision there
0: mm-hmm. but
1: i think the third probably would have gotten to toast if it had gone to the decision
0: i think toast conserved energy very well in round one yeah. where point crow came out of the gates on all cylinders and gassed himself yeah. up uh, and
1: then chess honestly there were several instances where they both just honestly fucked up uh point crow did it more and that cost him the game yeah Poincare had several instances where he could have won the game, but exhausted, a bit bewildered, was the balking shit, he lost.
0: Was this the only game decided by Checkmate?
1: I believe so, yes. We had TKOs, we had a Smash win. No, uh, D- Dina and Andrea Botez to decided by Checkmate.
0: No, Dina won by resignation. They didn't go back to the board.
1: They, they called it Checkmate.
0: Uh, wins by regna- resignation, round four.
1: I mean, on the stream they called it oh, Checkmate, okay. though. Because okay. they got there, and it was acknowledged that she had Checkmate, and they just called it. So
0: She was two moves from Checkmate. She could have fucked up. Yeah. Uh, she wasn't going to it was a very obvious check
1: yeah but no we've had wins by time advantage we've had wins by tko multiple wins by tko actually one win by a true checkmate one by a call checkmate on stream honestly more of a resignation two wins by time advantage one lost by tko and smash boxing and one win by smash and smash boxing
0: and that brings us to the end of the card cards that was it the nine matches uh, honestly a great
1: event. Except for the fucking slap boxing. Yes.
0: Uh, Ludwig, who did not box in his own boxing event, did, however, have a surprise 10th round where he competed in a, in a match of chess. Slap
1: box. Slap box. Chess.
0: Slap chess boxing. or slap chess, chess, chess boxing, yeah. or
1: chess slap boxing. Yeah.
0: Against C-Dog VA, who was part of Chris Broad's crew for his ring entrance yeah
1: coming in with him and then he was obviously watching the show and so so slap played chess
0: this was just a chess match
1: yeah it was a chess match with a small break in between to slap each other it Um, was just um, by each other i mean connor got to slap ludwig and ludwig brushed connor's face gently
0: so slap boxing is a stupid sport that is getting a bunch of popularity this year but it's literally just unprotected Ear cuffs. Uh, unprotected. Cuff
1: someone on the ear as hard as fucking possible.
0: Flat chops to the to somebody's head. Yeah. That's what it is.
1: Honestly, it's very unsafe.
0: It's insanely unsafe. And luckily, from a from like a viewer perspective, Ludwig and Connor didn't really slap box. They were There was
1: one slap box slap.
0: And it was Connor's last slap. Yeah. Uh, mainly they were just like smacking on the cheek.
1: Mm-hmm. And like, like the soft part of the cheek, not like Still pain, but not like, like slap s- boxing where you want your hand to cup their fucking ear to make them dizzy. Fuck with their head. Knock them off their feet. Knock them off their feet. Because you get more points if you knock them down. So if you make them dizzy by slapping their fucking ear. Yeah. Um, yeah but it was mainly a chess match and it went down to the fucking milliseconds
0: ludwig lost on the clock by one tenth of a second five frames like 42 milliseconds i think is what it was
1: yeah literally the end of the match was just okay how fast can you move make a legal move and hit the clock
0: because they were both solo on time Mm -hmm. but ludwig lost by five frames if he had managed to hit the clock uh, there was no way Connor could have moved a piece and hit the clock again before running out of time. Yep. But he failed to hit the clock. Connor wins. And that is the actual last match of the card. Yeah. Ludwig literally lost by like a tenth of a
1: second. So like five frames?
0: Yeah, roughly five frames. Something like 42 milliseconds. It was literally if he had hit the clock just less than a tenth of a second faster, Connor would have lost because Connor wouldn't have had time to yeah, play. we would have had clock. no time to yeah.
1: play. Yep. It's fucking ridiculous. The best part though was. Just like Ludwig hitting it starting to celebrate, Connor managing to get it and Connor celebrated, and then they're both just like, Wait, who won? So they were sitting there for like twenty seconds, and then it was just Connor exploding in joy in the ring, and it was just amusing to watch. And that was truly the end of Ludwig's chess boxing event.
0: It's insane because Ludwig actually won content creator of the year at the game awards this year.
1: Yes, before this event.
0: Before this event ever happened. Yeah.
1: But you know, speaking of the video game awards, we did watch those as well. December's been a weird month. Okay, anything from the Game Awards you are particularly interested in or stoked about seeing, or any awards that went out that you felt weren't right or you would like to see go somewhere else. I know for almost any category where Horizon Zero, well, Horizon Frontier, whatever it is, was nominated, you would vote for that, and you would say that probably should have won.
0: Horizon Forbidden West, but...
1: Because I know there's a few games that I'm actually looking forward to.
0: Yeah, uh, there's tons of stuff that was announced at the Game Awards that I'm looking forward to. Yeah. Specifically, my big one, Hades 2.
1: Yep, Hades 2 got look, announced.
0: Look, I, I I fucking hate roguelikes. I, I hate them. They're, they're garbage, except they're not. Hades changed my mind. Hades made me a new man. And I'm both worried about Hades 2 and incredibly excited for Hades 2. Because how do you improve upon perfection, but also more perfection?
1: Yeah. So there's Hades 2, which looks fantastic. I'm also vaguely looking forward to Star Wars Jedi Survivor.
0: Yeah, I need to play the earlier one. last. I need
1: to finish it, yeah.
0: What's, what is it called?
1: Fallen Order. Fallen Order, Yeah. I need to
0: play Fallen Order. Game actually look good, but I just haven't started Honestly,
1: it. Honestly, it's, it's a really good Star Wars game, in my opinion. It's a more Souls game than I would like, but it's a good Star Wars game, so I will put up with it for the set eight in the world, because occasionally I just want to be a fucking Jedi.
0: I need to play Horizon Forbidden West still. I don't have a PS5, so I haven't yeah. been able to play that.
1: But it's got DLC coming! It does. It also has an entire, like VR game. Which well. means...
0: By the time I actually get to play Horizon Forbidden West, I can just get Horizon Forbidden West Complete Edition. True. Unlike me, who was an early adopter for HDD and bought... I've bought Horizon Zero Dawn three times now. Yeah. I bought Horizon Zero Dawn, Horizon Zero Dawn Complete Edition. For, and then
1: Horizon Zero Dawn Complete Edition for the PC.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But Horizon Zero Dawn is one of my favorite games ever. And the fact that it's got a sequel that I haven't got to play yet, super exciting. Yep. The fact that the sequel got is getting a, a large DLC, super exciting. And they also announced another Horizon property coming to like PSVR VR and I never wanted VR more
1: so, I'm gonna be honest, I don't remember most of the awards. Those don't really stick with me. That's not why I watch the video game awards. Obviously, a lot of people put in a lot of fucking work. Always congratulations to them for winning. I, but also kudos to every other fucking person who's made a video game that people love.
0: I have the the winners here if you wanna get, th- you wanna no, get through them. No, I don't them. care that
1: much. I'd rather just talk about games I saw that looked interesting. Okay. I mean, if you wanna go through the award winners, we can.
0: I, I don't care about all the award winners, but like.
1: We can go through the ones you care about then.
0: I really enjoyed that Splatoon 1 best multiplayer game over like the CODs and the yeah. fighters of the world.
1: The mind you, I still think Splatoon 3 looks like the worst of the Splatoon games.
0: Well, I am fair to agree with that. The big one here that was God of War Ragnarok. Looked like it was gonna sweep the awards while watching it. It won best sound, best narrative, best in its genre. Best character performance, I believe. Best character performance. Best for uh I don't fucking remember.
1: It, it won quite a few bests. What's Honestly, that? the award that I'm most happy about winning.
0: Best innovation and in accessibility was God of War Ragnarok. Like it was look it looked like it was gonna sweep the awards. Sorry to step on you, yeah. I was trying to remember
1: that award. Honestly, the best award. That I cared about when he was for his music because I do actually really enjoy the God of War Ragnarok's music. That said, it, it is very simplistic, but it's very well done because of that.
0: That said, I was afraid God of War was going to sweep the entire awards, but Elden Ring ended up getting the gaudy and the best in the RPG category, so we got that for us. Woo. Uh, And then Best in Mobile Games went to Marvel Snap, which felt like a loss because like Genshin Impact's still out here doing Uh Genshin Impact stuff. And
1: Marvel Snap's only been out for so long.
0: Yeah. Best Adaptation was an interesting award choice with Cyberpunk, Edge Runners, Cuphead Show, Uncharted, Sonic the Hedgehog 2 all being nominated but not winning, losing out to Arcane, which I get it.
1: Arcane is from League of Legends, which is very popular. But if we look at the lore of League of Legends, not a great adaptation entirely.
0: Cyberpunk, Edge runners was my choice for this but
1: i would agree with that especially because like cyberpunk is very hard to adapt wrong you kind of just have to have the correct setting elements and then you have adapted it correctly if you're not using the story of the game because whoever would have guessed that i think designed for a role-playing setting that they focus really heavily on what the setting matters about
0: one more word i want to talk about is the most anticipated game of 2023 award which had us looking at resident evil 4 vr um, or resident evil 4 remake sorry well,
1: why why are we talking about this it's obvious hold, what it went hold, to
0: hold on Starfield from bethesda final fantasy 16 hogwarts legacy or the one that got the award legend of zelda tears of the kingdom the reason i want to talk about this because it is obvious like you said obviously legend of zelda breath of the wild 2 tears of the kingdom yes was going to win this award the fun part is the way i listed them is the way they listed them on the show from yes that exact order resident evil 4 through to legend okay. of zelda every game got a huge applause and a huge reaction except hogwarts legacy they said hogwarts legacy people just became silent
1: yeah. like i vague want to play Hogwarts Legacy, but I'm not super anticipating it. I'm definitely not paying for it at full price.
0: I'm not buying it new. I'll buy it used at a GameStop. I'm not supporting...
1: I mean, I realize Jackie Rally doesn't actually get any of the money from the proceeds of this game, but uh, I still don't want to do that.
0: No, because just buying it does support her still. They had to pay her money to...
1: Nope, because th- if I remember correctly, I saw a huge thing about this a while back. The game production rights were bought outright from rallying a long time ago. Ah. Uh... So the fact that it's, I think, WB's the people making money from this. And that's fine, because I still don't Want to support Warner Brothers.
0: They were still actively working with her and her team to make the game. Yes, that, but I
1: don't think, which means she probably got a consultation fee, which means even if it's by the game, it doesn't matter. She got paid, but I don't think she makes any money from the game itself unless she manages to sue like Sapkowski did. What we're but saying is, it's burdening JK and they have different Rowling. Names. Yeah. What we're saying is, fuck JK Rowling. But um, now, can we get to the games? <laughs> You're
0: people shying me. <laughs> can we get to the games? Yeah. Okay. Back cool. to the
1: games. So, literally, we just talked about it. I highly anticipate the game it's highly anticipated for me i am looking forward to final fantasy 16 and i'm very happy that we are going to a more early final fantasy game series setting which is a lot less low tech but i'm down with it and it looks pretty it looks like final fantasy it looks like i'm gonna have fun
0: similarly i'm really excited about the new game by ken levine the original creator of bioshock
1: you mean the new game judas which looks like it's taking place in space yes and might be about them liberals
0: i'm just really excited for for more games in the like but it's not it's not made by the same company as bioshock it's the same creator though but it doesn't
1: mean it can't have nods to bioshock
0: yeah i'm just really excited about like going back to the bioshock -er -er river Uvra, Yeah. Uvra, yep. Because Bioshock, fucking great. I loved one and two. Never played Infinite because the story kind of peeved me. But apparently, I've been a little bit misled on the story and should go back and actually play that game.
1: I love the visuals that we got for Armored Core 6. And I have played the Armored Core series before, but it is also developed by FromSoft. Like, FromSoft's doing a huge push of They're making the name really well noticed about it. And it makes me think we might be going with Armored Core in like almost a Souls like direction because that seems to be all FromSoft really does nowadays, mm-hmm. which would make me sad. But it might. Might end up being like the whole fucking Jedi Fallen Order thing where I play because I love the aesthetic and I love the world. And I'll just accept the fact that it's a game style I don't like.
0: So going to go hit some ones that I'm really excited about. Yeah. So I'm going to start with the things I'm really excited for. And one of those is Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League. Which, okay. Which based on the trailer itself, I wasn't super excited for. I am hyped that it's Kevin Conroy's last performance. And like, I'm glad he got to give a last performance that we, as Batman, that we get to enjoy.
1: Okay. I understand your sentiment there, but I would also like to say, man, that's a bad way of wording it. I am hyped it's Kevin Conroy's last performance.
0: That's fair. Bad <laughs> wording. I'm hyped that he got to give a last I'm hyped that ad. there's
1: more Kevin Conroy yeah. to enjoy.
0: Based on the trailer, was not excited about this game. But based on things I've since learned about the game, more excited. Because you're being, you're playing Suicide Squad, and the yes. game, the trailer just looks like you're just being villains, doing villain stuff. Which sure, but what it turns out is Justice League have went dark. They've went evil. They've done it before. And Suicide Squad's job got to clean them up. Makes sense. Sounds like fun. God, does yep.
1: it sound like fun? So I am also looking forward to that. But another game was announced, which is stylistically very different from the other games in its series mm-hmm. But my god, does it look like I'm going to enjoy it And that is Bayonetta Origins, Cereza, and the Lost Demon
0: Yeah, game looks legit I I liked Bayonetta, played some Bayonetta 1 Didn't get that deep into Bayonetta though The freneticness of it is just
1: not my gem Yeah, it's a bit much sometimes for me, but I do enjoy it And I enjoyed the story, and I enjoyed the setting again And settings is generally like, one of the biggest things to always sell me on a game So the setting, fact that we are getting
0: Settings and aesthetic, settings and aesthetic aesthetic
1: yeah that's that's what i care about i'll put up with shitty gameplay if i have to i'm not a fan (laughs) of it but i will put up with it if i have to so the fact that we're getting a game that is uh, much more my style but is bayonetta still is delightful speaking of delightful
0: one of my one of the games i'm most hyped for from this game awards is a game that's already out but is now coming to a a console i can actually play it on returnal god i'm hyped about returnal I've kept myself spoiler-free from Returnal. I know nothing about this game other than what I've seen in trailers. And now it's coming to PC. Yeah, yeah, it is. Also, talking about games getting ports that I can play now. Vampire Survivors went to mobile. I could have been yeah. played it on PC. I'm not spending $10 on it. It is the perfect phone game, though. I've probably put a couple, three or four hours into it on mobile. Very good game. Very good on the phone. I can't imagine wanting to play it on PC, though.
1: Yeah, so there's another game that i saw and i'm intrigued by it, but i don't know if i want to play it and that is from epic games and 505 games crime boss Rock city um apparently it's like a first person heist game
0: dude the, but, ca- but the cast the, cast is, the cast,
1: fucking- cast is what's mainly getting me if I have fucking michael madsen kim bassinger Damien poxy danny trejo danny glover fucking michael Rooker, vanilla ice and chuck Norris. like what the fuck, man it's such mm. a stacked
0: cast kind of similarly in some veins there's some rpgs that got announced that i'm super excited for yeah blue protocol is an mmo rpg i have always getting excited about MMOs. Uh, Everything you
1: remember remember they're MMOs.
0: Yeah. So I'm excited about Blue Protocol. I probably will never play it and never care about it because it's an MMO. It's upsetting because I like I want to be into MMOs. I want to like enjoy that genre but the time commitment they want out of my life. Yeah. There was also Lords of the Fallen. Yep. Which looks like a Souls-like not by from soft not by from soft it's a dark fantasy rpg you play as one of the fabled dark crusaders and embark on a quest to overthrow the demon god it sounds like a from soft game yeah it looks like a from soft game
1: but uh so i am really looking forward to hellboy web of weird because hellboy is a fantastic like franchise mm -hmm. and it looks pretty like it it looks much more like the comics it looks like a fun time overall and did i mention i like hellboy yeah i think yeah i think you mentioned that before i have only two more games that I'm stoked for? I have two more games that I'm also interested in.
0: Okay. Proceed. You, uh, I'll start... I'll go for next then with Starfield. Okay. Which I know is going to be a janky mess of a game because it's by Bethesda. But... So Bethesda has like a formula, right? They do medieval RPGs called Elder Scrolls and then they do the same... That, that same game in a post-apocalyptic nuclear winter called Fallout. Yes. And now they're doing that same game again in space.
1: Yeah.
0: It's going to be a janky mess. It's going to be a buggy mess. But it's... It's gonna be Fallout or Elder Scrolls in space, and that's that's enough for me.
1: So my next one is Atomic Heart's new trailer. Just made the game still look really fun and really cool. Again, it's mainly just from the aesthetic point. Like the gameplay looks, it looks kind of just like what I expect. You know, kind of nothing new really.
0: <laughs> nothing new, but looks very good. It's got a very like Fallouty vibe without being. But Bethel- here's the thing: if you can do Fallout and not like make it a buggy, janky mess. I will love you forever. Yeah, because that's what outer worlds is that's what outer worlds did and i fucking love outer worlds the best companions i've ever experienced in a video game i'm not much fr- much of a fan of companions but outer worlds did it well but yeah if you can do fallout and not make it a jinky mess i will love you forever and that's what atomic hearts looks like to me yeah but from atomic hearts to wild hearts wild hearts looks legit it's very monster honey hunter-y but like the thing that keeps me from being excited about monster hunter games is the amount of hours that they're needed to invest to be yeah in monster hunter games Games Wild Hearts one, looks more like a pick up and play. Like it's gonna have some RPG elements. It's gonna like you're gonna to, you're gonna have to put some time commitment in, but you're not gonna have to like carefully craft like a order of missions you need to do in order to like make this weapon perfect so that you can have the best weapon for your character class. Like
1: yeah, that's always been kind of the annoying part about Monster Hunter to me.
0: Monster Hunter is like a great game with too much
1: bookkeeping. Monster Hunter has always been a game that I've enjoyed, but has like no story other than just I like to kill monsters.
0: Yeah, Wild Hearts looks like Monster Hunter. If it had stories and less bookkeeping exactly
1: so it looks more my speed so my final game i'd like to mention because i i love me a good puzzle game is viewfinder
0: i oh yeah okay viewfinder that's right i remember this yeah
1: one. the 3d interactive puzzle game where you seem to be using pictures and yeah altering the, your environment with them
0: the spiritual successor to portal
1: or, more accurately, in my opinion, something much more similar to, say, Superliminal. I did just say that because I knew it would, like, aggravate you. It doesn't aggravate me. I just think it's the most basic comparison you could make. It's the
0: basic bitch comparison.
1: Yeah, like, sure. It's like Portal as in, like, it's a it's a puzzle game. It's also three-dimensional. That means it definitely has to be Portal. That's not that's not necessarily true. No, it's definitely got more Superliminal vibes.
0: But, yeah, the game looks great. Honestly, we've had a bunch of stuff to talk about. This has been a boatload. of content for a interstitial all the editing's gonna be delightful yeah especially because we had some issues but i think we're out of
1: topics and energy
0: mostly yeah unless we unless you want to like
1: nope okay i don't know what you're gonna say but the answer is no I was going to bring us down. I was going to be a bit of a
0: downer at the end of the podcast uh, with the Magic 30 debacle, but... I don't care that much. I've already established I
1: hate Magic. Well, the company that produces Magic.
0: The only thing I like about the whole debacle is it seems like, from everything we can find online, that Watsy probably predicted about a 10,000 unit sell for this and sold less than 1,800.
1: Which is delightful. Oh,
0: God. Also, it has created a bit of an issue in, like, trade groups and buy and sell groups where, like, people are getting hated for, like, trying to sell these cards. And, yeah. Which is hilarious because they're not cards. They're proxies. Fuck them.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, though, Watsy sucks. And we're at the end of our episode.
0: Yeah, we're at the end of the episode. So, if you want to tell us about your takes on Mogul Moves Chess
1: Boxing, if you watched the event. Which what you, games you're excited for from the Video Game Awards or what awards you think should have gone differently.
0: Horizon should have swept. Or if... You've got a show that I should probably add to my list of like essential watches.
1: Let me know because we I will might probably do never for the watch podcast, it, but we might do it for the podcast.
0: But you could you can do all of that. You can contact us and let us know any of that information that you have through a myriad of options. We have our Twitter at Copilot's
1: Review. We have a Hive at Copilot's Review, though I still don't know if that's up and working. Yet. Hive is still dead. Cool. Uh, so ignore that part.
0: We have an email at copilotsreview at gmail dot com.
1: We have a Discord, which you can find by going to copilotsreview.simplecast dot com, which will have a link to our Discord, our email, our Twitter, and our YouTube and Patreon. Or you can find the YouTube is severely out of date.
0: Or you can find bonus content and video youtube form content of our stuff by video i mean static images with our voices and like you said severely out of date anyways hit us up with any of those things if you had a creator that you were excited to see at mogul moves or games you're excited for or shows that you think people should watch that they haven't watched any of that stuff but until the 22nd this is it for us we'll see you then
1: catch you on the next flight